Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Yeah, good morning. My name is Bonnie. I'm in recovery from compulsive eating, and I'm terrified to be here uh, sharing my story. I've been coming to OA for a little over a year, and I've been pretty much avoiding this or just hoping not to have my name called. (laughs) So um, I'm very nervous. And then coming in, the meeting has been very discombobulated, getting going. And then just a minute ago, I just dropped off the face of everything. I don't know and had to come back in. It's been like the whole, um, it's just very much like how I'm feeling. (laughs) So it's a good match. Anyway, um, I'm going to share what it was like, what happened and what it's like now, and hopefully not spend too much time talking about what it was like, but, um, and I know, I know that I am to focus on away and on my addiction to food and my eating behaviors, but I can't really talk about my recovery without talking about the fact that I am addicted uh, and have been in recovery to like a kajillion other things. (laughs) So um, I will try to keep it as focused as possible, but you will probably hear me mentioning a couple other programs in here. Um, What I can tell you is that food was my first substance of choice for sure. I know that now it's taken me a long time to understand that, but food was the first and food is definitely the last. I can tell you that a lot of what, um, just for context, I'm, I'm in my mid fifties, I'm 55 and I have been in some sort of therapy since my teenage years. I've been in 12 step programs since my early twenties. So this is kind of like my life path is to work through um, my issues around addiction and addictive behaviors. But it kind of all boils down in essence on some level, I have learned to um, perfectionism for me. Um, The need, my whole life path has been pretty much about feeling like I needed to be perfect or rebelling against being perfect or avoiding doing things because I didn't think I would do them perfectly beating myself up for not being perfect, kind of having an all or nothing mindset. And it's all of those feelings around perfectionism that have caused me to um, numb myself with every possible everything that I could get my hands on since pretty much the beginning of time. Um, I probably, I was a very fit um, and active kid. I didn't have a problem with my weight. Um, but food was a problem from very early on. And I'm not blaming this on my parents or anything like that, but the setup in my house was that um, I, have, I, have, I have a still active alcoholic mother. I have a still extremely active codependent father. Um, and I just, I lived in this house where I would never know what I was gonna come home to. Um, I never really felt comfortable bringing people home. I was always, always different. I, we lived in a town where 
I was like the only Jewish kid for like my forever, <laughs> uh, almost my almost my entire formative years. Um, I was put forward a grade from kindergarten into second grade. Um, and so I was always the youngest and the smallest. It's like, I just never, I just never fit in really anywhere. And, um, and at home, the way food worked was that I sort of like, I, I either, it was very regulated by this alcoholic mother <laughs> and I was either forced to eat food that I wasn't hungry for, or I was not given enough food in some cases when I was hungry. It just was like the beginning of it all in terms of my relationship with food. It was like, I, it just, <clears throat> it was a bad setup from the very beginning. Um, and as a young person, um, I used to, um, I mean, it's a very little kid. As soon as I got like an allowance, I would run down to the store and get the candy and bring it home and hide the candy. I mean, there was all of that going on. Uh, there was sneaking food, you know, when no one was looking. Um, but I was like, I was rewarded with food um, and sugary things when I did good. Um, I was uh, uh, withheld food if I was, if I, if I wasn't. Um, and I just never had a place of feeling okay with myself. It was like, I would come home with a B and it's like on my report card, why wasn't it an A? And when I came home with an A, it was kind of like, oh, that's great. Now, how are you going to continue that? It was like, there was never this resting place where I was okay with myself pretty much ever. Um, so food was there. I was definitely like addicted to sugar, but it wasn't manifesting itself in weight or or whatever, and and I think probably the only reason why that didn't happen right away was because I really quickly found drugs and alcohol, um, and bad behaviors with relationships and uh, stuff like that really early on, and it was in my um, and I was a mess, like a, a mess, mess <laughs> through my teenage years. I went from being like the straight A student to being like completely rebelling and failing all my classes and going to juvenile hall for shoplifting and, you know, getting kicked out of school and needing to be in a continuation school. I mean, it just, it, it, it was kind of like the perfectionism thing took me from, like, I just, it's like, I'm not going to be perfect. I can't be perfect. And so now there's just going to be this big rebellious FU kind of stance on my part. And so again, I got into a lot of trouble and it was in my early twenties, actually, um, by the grace of God, <laughs> um, that I, uh, ended up going to, um, Alcoholics Anonymous. I was very active in AA for a number of years. And it was in that framework that I started to just kind of peel away all the other, it was just like, I was just leaping from one addiction to another. And I would go to those meetings and at the back of those meetings, there'd be a lot of sugary treats with coffee. And I remember a couple years in being, you know, turning to someone and being like, am I just switching my addiction to like sugar and being told by um, some really old timer folks, it's like, don't worry about that right now. That doesn't need to be your focus right now. You really just don't drink one day at a time. Everything else will shake out. But um, I could see it just switching, you know, and so from one thing to another. And so over a span of many years, I started to kind of work on each thing. Like I gave up cigarettes and quit smoking. And then I straightened out 
um, my behavior around um, relationships and the way I was dating and getting in and out of bad relationships. Um, I worked on shopping. I mean, I've been through all the A's. I went to Codependence Anonymous. I went to Adult Children of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's like I've been through the whole framework and I've worked steps in each of those. Um, and somewhere in there, not because of food addiction or recovery, I, so I cleaned up my diet a bit um, because I was really interested in, um, I, I was vegetarian. I became vegetarian and I became vegan. And it feels like it's linked into food, and I'm sure it is, but it was really separate. It was really about animal welfare and things like that. And so, um, also in my 20s, I started to shift my diet and I was eating very healthy, um, but more, less about emotional eating and more about just this desire to kind of save the planet kind of thing. And I mentioned that because it weaves through in this, these insidious ways. Um, I could see that food was an issue. Over time, my weight started to go up and up and up as I was dealing with all the other addictions and I started to gain weight all over the place. Um, and somewhere in there, it was like I was trying to control my food and my eating differently than all the other addictive behaviors. It was like, um, well, I'll go to culinary school and I'll become a chef. I did that. I was a professional chef and caterer for a number of years. It's like, now I've got control of the food that way. It was like, it just was this really... Um, interesting path where I was going to separate the food out. And I think the reason why I separated the food out, and this became really clear once I got here, was that I couldn't figure out one would be in recovery over with food. I, I just couldn't see it. I could see with alcohol that I would either be drinking or not drinking. And I could see with shopping, I could either be shopping or not shopping. Or I, I mean, I could see how clearly each of these things worked, but I could not see how it worked with food. Um, I will tell you that probably in my late 20s, so several years in recovery, perfect recovery, um, <laughs> in OA, uh, in AA rather, you know, and I realized that I was, there were too many donuts at the back of the meeting. I went to an OA meeting and I walked in, this is probably in the late maybe mid nineties. I don't know. I walked in and there were three people sitting in a room. Everybody looked crazy. They talked about the sheet with the rules that you guys sometimes talk about. I, I, I freaked out. I left that meeting and I never came back. And again, it kind of built into this story where it's like, I, I don't, I knew I had a problem with food, but I couldn't see how, thank you. Um, but I couldn't see how, um, I just couldn't see how a 12 step program would work with food and eating. I just couldn't see it. So, so here we are many years later, it's clear. I've got a problem with food. Every time I try to kind of lose a little weight, I can't, um, I try all kinds of diets. I try, um, food programs. I try all sorts of things. I lose a few pounds. I gain even more. I kind of do that all through, um, all through everything. Um, and then right before the pandemic, this is how I got here. <laughs> um, how I got here was right before the pandemic. I was at the doctor. I was at the highest weight I've been at. Um, it's hard to give weight. One of the things about me is that I'm actually, I'm an amputee. 
I only have one leg, so I can tell you how much I weigh, but it won't make a whole lot of sense because I'm missing an entire section of my body. <laughs> but I can tell you I was at my highest weight and my highest dress size. I was a size 18. Um, so I was at my biggest size. And I was starting to, um, I was already on blood pressure medication for high blood pressure, which runs in my family. Uh, a lot of stroke and big problems in my family. And I was really nervous about that. My cholesterol was up, my weight was its highest. And because I'm an amputee, I also, um, I use a wheelchair and crutches, um, not a prosthetic. And I carry a lot of weight at, through my shoulders. And so having that extra weight was causing a lot of joint damage as well. So there I was at the doctor and I just made a decision at that point to just really clean up my diet. And I did. Um, I was still vegetarian. I kind of pushed myself a little bit more towards veganism, really towards whole foods, plant-based eating. I let go of sugar entirely. Um, and just by doing those simple things, not yet in OA, I started to release a lot of weight and that was fantastic. And I, my markers for health started to improve as well with the doctor. So that was all really good, but I needed to lose a little bit more weight. And that meant needing to um, adjust what I was eating. And as soon as I knew that I had to tighten the reins a little bit on my eating, like all hell broke loose. I don't know how else to explain it, but it was like, as soon as I needed to do that, I saw that I couldn't. And I saw myself like binging on health food. It was like, yeah, I could avoid the sugar, but I'm going to sit down and eat like an entire bag of dried fruit. Or I'm going to, I mean, it's like I couldn't stop myself and I could never get full and I could never feel okay with myself. And then that's when I knew I needed to come here. And it, uh, I resisted coming so much. And I got here and it's like, I'm going to do it perfect. Of course, because perfection, I'm going to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And I'm going to order all the literature. And I did all that. And I'm going to look for a sponsor. And I'm going to, you know, I just threw myself at it. Um, but here's where I'm at now. It's not been perfect. <laughs> it's not been perfect at all. And I really think a lot of why I haven't wanted to speak is that I just sort of feel like the poster child sometimes of how not to do it here. Um, but what has happened as I've been here is I've received many gifts. And the first thing that happened when I got here is the gift of hearing other people talk about their food stories. Like, oh my God, I'm not the only person that like threw food in the garbage and then pulled it back out. Like, holy cow. Like, I was so ashamed of that. And to hear that other people have had that story to hear that other people have snuck food, to hear that people have just eaten the way that I've eaten, and then to feel welcomed by all of you has been like such a tremendous gift to, um, to not feel alone and completely broken and crazy and separate and different, which are the reasons why I would eat. <laughs> So it was a huge relief um, right from the get-go. Um, it's been really a wacky ride for me this year, trying to define what abstinence is. It was really problematic for me. Like I knew I didn't want the gray sheet thing for sure. <laughs> I ran from that, but I, but, but 
but to know that I can be as crazy as I can be around food and then be told that I'm the one that's going to work with someone, but to define my own abstinence to me was also slightly insane. It's like, why would you leave me with that responsibility? I'm going to not get that right for sure. So finding that for me has also been um, a challenge and I'm still working on defining my abstinence. Where I'm at right now, um, at the beginning, I made it too strict. And so I therefore rebelled against it. And so I had to kind of bring it back to like, I'm just not eating sugar. That's my abstinence right now. And I'm not binging on anything, <laughs> compulsively sitting down, eating things out of the cabinet, eating, you know, I'm just not doing that. That's what abstinence for me is my definition right now. And I know that's going to change. And I'm at getting to be more at peace with that, but it's so, like I said, contradictory to how other 12-step programs have been where it's sort of all or nothing, that it's been a bit of a mind puzzle for me. Bonnie, you have five minutes left. Thank you. Um, so pretty much what I do now <laughs> is I focus on, I focus on paying attention to what I'm doing and treating it as data. It's like, I ate this. I didn't eat that. <laughs> I'm treating it as data. I'm trying not to treat it as something I beat myself up over. I'm trying not to treat it as a checklist. I'm trying to treat it as information. And I try every day I wake up and I try to do um, the same or a little bit better. I try to understand myself more. I um, reach out to people in the program. I focus on gratitude with some people in the program, which has been a tremendously huge gift. Um, I go to meetings, I journal. I'm not with a sponsor currently, but am seeking one. That's been a bit of an up and down battle for me. I've had a, a all the way from the beginning, I've had a, people that have had a little bit issue with my being vegan um, and not understanding how that fits into things for me. So I'm still um, seeking that relationship. Um, I do go to step studies, so, so I'm working the steps, but I'm still really kind of like on the second step. Like I still sort of don't understand, even though I know that higher power has helped me with all these other areas of my life, I still am in this early phase of not understanding how spirit and my connection to spirit relates with the way I eat. I'm still like a baby here, totally. <laughs> so um, I guess that's me in a nutshell. I hope it wasn't as disjointed as it feels, but um, I'm just really glad to be here. This meeting is, is of all the meetings I went to in the 90 meetings in 90 days, I realized really, really soon, really quickly that this felt like my home group. And I live um, close enough. I live up in uh, Vallejo. So I live um, quite a drive away. I'm not as local as you guys, but uh, if ever this goes back in person, you will probably be seeing me in person because this meeting has been my rock. And I'm so thankful the consistency of seeing some of the same faces over and over and to get phone calls from some of you um, and to be able to make calls back and to just experience the connection with other people who are um, on the in the same boat <laughs> thank you